Good morning and happy new year. Like John and Lacey said, my name is Lex and I am the middle school pastor here at Hill City. Today, I want to take a second to reflect on 2022. 2023 New Year's Day is a lot of time people spend making New Year's resolutions, but maybe last year was the best year you've had yet, or maybe it was really hard. I just wanna encourage you, regardless of where you're coming from, New Year's is a time to start fresh and start over and focus our mind on what is right and what is good. So today we're gonna to talk about something that I'm really passionate about, and that is this. What does it mean to reflect the image of God? So I'm gonna start out today with this story. Someone told me once when I was younger, probably teenager, early 20s, that you might be the closest thing to Jesus that someone ever encounters. So I'm gonna tell you a story about when I lived in New Zealand. My two best friends there, they were German. They were so, so sweet, and they were definitely not Christians. So we were out at dinner one night having dessert, and they told me, um, I invited them. I was like, hey guys, there's this thing coming up at my church. You guys should really come. It's just an event. It's nothing like a sermon, nothing like that, but you guys should come. And one of my friends looked at me. She's so sweet. And she said, I'm never going to come to church with you, but you are the only Christian that I've ever liked. And I was like, that's really interesting. Why do you say that? She's like, well, most Christians spend their time trying to convert you or um, trying to convince you that their way of thinking is the only way. And you haven't done that. You've just been nice and welcoming, welcoming, and I really appreciate that about you. But I'm never gonna come to church with you. And I was like, okay, I'll take that as a win. And why do I tell you this story? It's because regardless of the people you interact with, you might be the closest thing that they ever experience to Jesus or to God. So today we're going to dive in and talk more about the story of one man, and his name is Daniel. We find Daniel's story in the Old Testament. So your Bible's broken up in half, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament is everything that happened before Jesus. Jesus is the hinge point, and after his life is the New Testament. But prior to Jesus was the Old Testament, and that's where we find Daniel. Daniel is one of the prophets and Daniel's life was such an amazing reflection of God's love, God's, God's wisdom, God's peace. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. And as we look at the life of Daniel, maybe you will see one of his habits or one of his traits that you want to incorporate into the next year. So let's take a look at the beginning of the story of Daniel. Let's start in chapter one. So the king has asked a bunch of young men to come live in his palace and be raised there. So they took the best of the best. These are the smartest, the most hard work, hardworking, and the strongest guys that they could find. These guys are all, like I said, young men, likely teenagers, and they were given an allotment of food and wine every single day. But Daniel didn't want to defile himself with the king's food and wine. So this is the interaction that Daniel has with a guard in chapter one. This is verse 12 through 16. Daniel says this, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So Daniel is saying, you've got nothing to lose. Just test us for 10 days. And if we're not healthier and stronger than the other guys, you win. We'll do what you want. 
but just test and see if our way works. So the guy's like, okay, 10 days, we'll give it a shot. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. What do we see happen here? We see a guard who was set in his ways, who was told to do something by the king, and Daniel says, what if we just try it this way? And so the guard lets him try it, and it turns out that the guard changes his whole perspective on how these young men are going to be raised going forward. Okay, so Daniel changes the perspective, or we could say Daniel's faithfulness changes the perspective. But I want to talk to you for a second about self-control. If you were at a banquet feast, how much self-control would it take to say, no, I'm going to just have vegetables instead because I know it's better for my body. I can't imagine doing that now, especially as a teenager, as a young man being raised in the castle around all of this. So Daniel knew what was right, and he chose what was right in order to please God. And I think that's the definition of self-control that we lack, that we don't necessarily focus on. I'm going to say that again. It's knowing what's right and choosing what's right in order to please God. And Daniel does this over and over throughout his life. And as Daniel got older, he was given more and more responsibility. But we're going to get into that a little bit later. Next, I want to talk to you about who Daniel chose to surround himself with. So I read a fact recently that said, you are a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with. And I thought this was super interesting, and I spent a few minutes reflecting on who those five people would be in my life. Would it be family? Would it be friends? Would it be some people I work with? But Daniel, we see who the five people are in his life. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about who those five people were. So three of those we know for sure. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And likely if you grew up in children's church, you've heard these names before. And you may have heard their story. But I want to talk to you a little bit for the th- about the three guys who Daniel was surrounding himself with. So we're going to skip forward to Daniel chapter 3. And this is when King Nebuchadnezzar was in charge. King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a little bit of a temper problem. He also set a decree that said everyone in the land had to worship the image of gold. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't going to do that. They only worshiped their God, and everyone around them knew that. So what happened? We're going to look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 12, and this is what it says. Uh, But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. This is a guy talking who's trying to get these in trouble. He's like, hey, you put these guys in charge. There are some guys that you put in charge. All right, this is what's happening. But there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. This guy's really trying to get on his good side. He's like, I worship you, I adore you, but these three, they're ignoring you. He says, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold 
you have set up. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he gets mad. He's like, I'm the king, I'm in charge, I say what goes, these guys aren't worshiping me. So we're gonna skip forward a little bit. It says King Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage. That's terrifying, a king filled with rage. And he threatened to throw these three men into the blazing furnace if they didn't agree to worship the image of gold. All right, so we're getting to the good part. King Nebuchadnezzar asks Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? This reminds me of that scene in the Titanic where like not even God could sink this ship. Nebuchadnezzar's like, I'm gonna throw you in the fire. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And this is how the three men respond. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But it doesn't stop there. It continues, okay? This is the best part of this section of the story. So they're saying, he's going to deliver us. Verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you set up. They're like, our God is going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship your God. We will only ever worship our God. I don't have kids yet, but one day when I do, I pray that these are the kind of friends my kid has. The kind that's like, listen, I know these are the rules you're setting, but I will not dishonor my God in order to make you happy. Like, even if he doesn't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we're still going to worship our God. That's amazing. Their words and their actions was a reflection of God, right? They were reflecting God's wisdom, God's discernment, and they knew and trusted in the power of God. The faithfulness of these men was incredible. But faith, faith isn't just believing and trusting like we tend to think that it is, but faithfulness is absolute trust in God's power, wisdom, and goodness. Okay, these guys knew that they needed to take a step in the next direction. And they didn't know what was going to be on the other side of that next step, but they trusted that it would lead to somewhere good. That is what faithfulness is. It's not knowing what's coming next, but choosing to take that step anyways and trusting that God will take care of it. But even if he doesn't, God is still faithful. They were assured in God's sovereignty and their actions reflected their faith. Okay, so now you know the type of company that Daniel was keeping. These are three-fifths of Daniel's five. You guys remember in MySpace when it was like your top five friends? Okay, we're gonna talk through Daniel's top five today. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are three of them. Another one we know that Daniel spent three times a day praying. Now it could have been minutes, but likely it was hours. Likely Daniel was spending hours a day in prayer making God one of those top five. God was, I mean, Daniel was definitely spending a significant amount of his time with God in prayer and in 
reflection. And the other fifth was likely an official in the king's court or potentially the king himself, okay? But we know for a fact that four out of five of Daniel's top were uh, God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That being said, if Daniel's a reflection of these five people, he's in pretty good shape, right? Daniel is setting himself up for success when it comes to reflecting the image of God. All right, so we're going to recap what we've talked about so far. So Daniel's self-control influences the way that the king's court is raised. You may not learn self-control by trying harder or by white-knuckling it, but by leaning into the grace of God. I can imagine there were times where Daniel wanted to like indulge in the banquet, but instead he just leaned in to the grace of God because God extends an endless amount of grace to us. All right, what happened next? The faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego influenced the faith of King Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so they did end up getting thrown into the furnace, and what happened? God was with them in the fire, and God did deliver them. And because of that, King Nebuchadnezzar worshiped God, and he was like, the God of these three is the God of me as well. So they used their wisdom in taking that next step. They used their faith in taking that next step, even though they didn't know where it was going to get them. All right, the third thing we're going to talk about today is King Darius. So Daniel lived his whole life from 16 to 70, um, and there were three different kings. So we're going to talk about the third king. So by this part of the story, Daniel was probably in his 70s, and he had spent hours upon hours in prayer to God over those years. All right, so King Darius, this is the story of Daniel and the lion's den, and I know you've likely heard this story before, but tune in because we're going to talk about it in a little bit of a different perspective today. So Darius, he liked and respected Daniel. All right, so what happened? There was this guy who worked in the king's court, and he came to King Darius, and he said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had all of these days where we could only worship you. Wouldn't that be fun? And King Darius, being a little bit of a self-righteous king, was like, sure, that sounds great. All right, I'll sign that with my signet ring. But what Darius didn't think about that this guy was thinking about was Daniel, because Daniel was never going to bow down or worship anything but God. And this guy wanted Daniel to get in trouble. So what happens? Daniel continues to pray three times daily with the doors and windows open to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I might have been tempted to close the door. I'm not saying I would have been tempted to worship the king, but maybe to close the door. But Daniel wouldn't. He wanted his whole entire life to be a reflection of his love for God. So what happened? Daniel got caught praying. Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. I think of me at the zoo, just like on the border looking down at the lions, and I would be terrified to fall in. And these lions are raised by humans, right? They're probably pretty tame. But these lions in this story, they eat people for breakfast, okay? So this isn't tame lions. But what happens? Daniel doesn't cry out to God for him to save his life. But Darius, Darius says something that's really impactful. So this is in chapter six, verse 16. Daniel says, may your God whom you serve 
continually rescue you. Darius sees Daniel's faith and he's inspired by that. And Darius is like, I don't know if I believe in all that God stuff, but I believe that you do. And may your God deliver you. Isn't that amazing? Daniel's life reflected God so clearly that it inspired the faith of a king. So what happened? Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. God did deliver him. And the next day when Darius went, he couldn't sleep all night. Um, he went to check on Daniel and he rejoiced to God that Daniel was alive. So why do I tell you this story? Because I want to leave you with these three things. Reflecting the image of God is not always easy, but if we devote our life to it, if we can create habits now that we can continue over the years, whether that's prayer, whether, that, whether that's self-control or discipline in different ways, if we can commit to that this year even, on New Year's Day in 2023, maybe we can reflect the image of God better and maybe we can be Jesus to someone who may never experience Jesus on their own. The second thing is you are the reflection of the five people you spend the most time with. So I want you to take some time to think about who those five people are. Who are your top five? And should they be your top five? Are you surrounded by people who build you up and help you reflect the image of God? Or are you by people who potentially tear you down? Whatever that is in your life, I hope you spend some time today thinking about it and potentially striving to make a change in that area. And the last thing is that your faith does not need to be contingent on your circumstances. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, maybe I'll get thrown in the furnace and maybe God won't save me, but I'm going to rejoice him anyways. When Daniel was going to be thrown in the lion's den, King Darius cried out for him because Daniel didn't feel like he even needed to. Is our faith contingent on everything going the way that we want it to? Or is our faith just contingent on God's faithfulness? All right, we focus a lot on the fact that God says he's going to be faithful. But what about the fact that we need to be faithful to God as well? All right, so I'm going to pray. And um, I hope that you have some time to reflect on a couple of these different things today. God, thank you so much for bringing us to the year 2023. Thank you for everything that we went through last year and for getting us here today. God, I pray that if anybody is going through something hard or if anybody has something to celebrate, God, I pray that your hands are on whatever circumstances are in our life and that we're able to just give it over to you. God, help us to allow our faith to not be contingent on our circumstances. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy New Year, and we hope you have an amazing week. We will see you back here next week in person. Have a good one.